Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Ronnie's Reflections, episode 18. My name is Ronnie. I'm happy to join you to set the scene for you. It is currently Sunday, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, Sunday, March 6th, 2022. And this is a weekly segment on my YouTube channel and also is released in podcast form where I look back on the week that I had and just talk about all of the stuff and things that I did which also involves video games, movies, and adventures with my little man Beckett. So this past week, we had a question, as we do every week. We call it the question of the week. And in last week's episode, I covered five weird things that I like. And you guys had some weird things that you shared with me as well. And so the first thing that I would like to do is to talk about listener feedback and to share some of the things that you guys came up with. I'm not going to share all five of the things that each of you came up with, although... Each of them were really, really good. I tried to pick out maybe one, maybe two from uh, each person that commented. So first up, we've got our buddy Canadian. He said that he likes the movie Solo more than Rogue One. Very questionable uh, expression there, uh, Canadian. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't agree with you. I could see how that might be a thing, though. I feel like the Solo movie did not get the props that it deserved. I really liked that movie. People were just so butthurt about it because uh, I think they had like this picture of what Han Solo was before, and they basically wanted Harrison Ford to play, you know, Han Solo. That's the only person that they could ever see as Han Solo. At least that's that's what my interpretation of that is, anyway. And I think the actor that played him did a fantastic job. And it's a shame that we're not going to probably get any more solo adventures. And in fact. That movie did so bad that it kind of uh, put the kibosh on all of the other kind of um, solo, not like not like Han Solo, but like solo-related Star Wars experiences because they had all these different movies, I think, planned out. And I think Boba Fett was going to be a movie, and then they moved it to Disney+. Plus and I don't know, that was, that was like the first time that Disney had to kind of... Uh, gather their thoughts and think about how they were doing how and what they were doing with the star Wars property. Uh, and then, and then they came out with episode eight and nine, but you guys probably know my feelings on that at this point. Cause I've harped on it a few times. Kelly said, you have to at least watch until episode four. And she was referring to me talking about watching raising Dion on last week's show. I made it through episode two and I think I started episode three and I can't do it. I'm out. I'm sorry, Kelly. <laughs> we we discussed this a little bit further, and I said it reminds me of a, a show that should be on the CW network. It's just kind of cheesy in nature and very light, and the CGI isn't very good. Um, I could see where there's probably some payoff in that one, but I just, I just couldn't force myself to watch it any further, especially with how much stuff there is uh, that I really want to get to watching, so... Uh, sorry, gave up on raising Dion. C and D builds says this last one is weird. I mean, all of mine were weird. So you're in good company, buddy. He said, sometimes I like to make myself cry slash laugh really hard just to prove to the actor in me that I can still do it and can always get better. That way I am prepared for any future auditions. I thought that one was really cool. I always wondered what actors do in order to practice crying, like on command. I think that that's a very interesting and useful skill to have, obviously, if you're going to be any kind of professional actor to be able to laugh convincingly 
or cry convincingly on command. So I, I appreciated that kind of insight from uh, our, our actor friend, CND Builds, Carter. Richard Mincy said, he's got a two-parter because <laughs> I liked both of them and I, I couldn't decide on just one. Number one, he said, when I get excited for something, I like to kickbox the air. And it's really funny that he, he wrote that because this week I witnessed somebody at a stoplight that was out waiting to cross the crosswalk. They kickboxed the air. So I saw it live and in person. And then I, I imagined that that was Richard. And this guy was just, he was wearing his headphones and he was really grooving with the song. And you could tell he was very excited and he just started kickboxing the air. And then he did like a little spinning punch thing. It was uh, incredible. So uh, I would love to see that in a future video, Richard, if you are so inclined. His number two said, I enjoy farting in public. I had to inquire about this one and have him expand on that further. Uh, and he went on to say that he just loves the reaction that he gets from his wife because she's like kind of freaks out about it, I guess, a little bit. And I thought that that was, that was very cute. So thank you, Richard. Next up, we got Slippery Bricks. He says that I like eating animal intestines, pig chicken, cow, you name it, Andy's going to eat it. Uh, I don't think, may, I commented to him that I'd never had intestines, but I want to say that now I think that I have tried them. Um, in college, I made friends with uh, some guys that were from China, like actually from China. And they were studying on uh, at the same university that I was, and we played basketball together a lot. And they really liked authentic Chinese cuisine. And so they took me out to a restaurant in Overland Park, Kansas, and I'm pretty sure that I tried intestine. I might have like blocked that from my memory, but I also don't remember thinking that it was it was bad by any means. But I would try it again if uh, if I was so presented. So uh, whenever I'm in New York visiting Andy, let's go get some intestines together. It sounds delicious. <laughs> Last one goes to Dr. Green. Uh, something weird about him: spreadsheets. Absolutely love them. I relish an opportunity to make one. I have a spreadsheet which contains every bank transaction I've made in the last four and a half years, which is coded with several different budgets. There's another I've made as a game to help my lower ability classes learn their times table, color coded with point and tier scoring. And a funny thing to add on this is that he spelled color the British way, C-O-L-O-U-R, and my Google document was like, do you want to change your language to British English? Because we think that something is going on here. It's <laughs> like, no, I'll stick with, with English. English, it's okay. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. I love a good spreadsheet as well. I've got a couple of them that I use for my reselling business to kind of keep track of expenses, not to the level of every bank transaction for the last four and a half years. That That is some dedication. I, I commend you on that. So those were the uh, feedback points that we got from last week's show. Appreciate you guys chiming in. And as always, would love to hear your thoughts on this week's. And this week's question actually also comes from Dr. Green. He went on to say, you know, it would be really cool if you flipped this week's question on its head and covered five things most people like, but you don't. And I thought that that was a very neat, interesting idea. And uh, we're going to do it. So five things that most people like that I don't. Number one, sleeping in. I am more of a morning person and would choose to get up uh, much earlier rather than sleeping in. I feel like sleep, not that sleep is a weight, like you have to have sleep, obviously, in order to function. But whenever I sleep more than eight hours, I start to feel like a negative impact towards that. So 
I would much rather go to bed around like my go to bed time is around 10. I say I, I go to bed. I'm in bed by 10 and I'm usually uh, here lately. I've been playing switch for about 30 minutes and then I'm nice and sleepy and can generally drift off very quickly. And then uh, my alarm goes off at 630. Usually I have no issue getting out of bed, uh, getting ready to attack the day. I find that I'm my most productive really early in the day. So from about 6.30 until 10 o'clock, those are like my peak productivity hours. And then uh, past that, it kind of goes downhill, especially after I uh, eat lunch. And then, of course, on into the evening. So, yeah, uh, sleeping in, not my favorite. I used to stay up until 4 in the morning. Yep, like the college years, whenever I didn't have to get up early, and I would sleep until noon. I was still getting eight hours, but I was missing out on what I've come to find be my peak hours of productivity. So that kind of sucked. Number two for me, something I don't, uh, something that most people like, but I don't, movies in theaters. The new Batman movie came out. I really want to go see it. No, I really want to see it, but I will not pay any amount of money to go and sit in a theater for three hours to see that movie. I would pay $30 right now if I could watch it in the comfort of my own home, and I'm pretty disappointed that that isn't even an option. They're leaving a bunch of money on the table, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. I understand that uh, uh, movie theaters and movie production studios are in cahoots, and they're trying to scratch each other's back, sell those $8 tubs of popcorn, all of that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I find the chairs uncomfortable, even the ones that recline. Um, and usually I like to watch movies in a couple of different goes. So not all in one shot, definitely not three hours all in one shot. So yeah, I will be waiting to watch the Batman in the comforts of my own home. And I am avoiding spoilers like the plague. <laughs> so far it's been successful so far. And it's only been out, you know, like this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. Number three, something that most people like, but I don't, hot slash warm weather. I, I am much more of a cold weather fan, fanatic, because you can always put more layers on. I like to layer up. I feel so comfy and cozy in my, my uh, flannel that I've got on today. Shout out Magellan. This is a Magellan shirt that I got at a thrift store for $3. I think Magellan is an Academy brand, and man, this thing is very cozy. I'm very happy that I hung on to it. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't like hot weather. I don't like it whenever I start sweating as soon as I go outside. Like I park my truck and by the time I get into Walmart, I've got sweat dripping down my face and down my back. And I just, I hate that. I also really hate bugs and bugs come with warm and hot weather. So give me cold weather any day of the week, any time of the month. I like seasons. I like living somewhere where you get fall Winter, I was like, what season comes after fall? <laughs> fall, winter, spring, and summer. I like to have all four of those. In Kansas, it is definitely not equally distributed. We definitely have long winters and long summers. And it seems like those really perfect weather days are few and far between. But that's okay. Uh, give, me, give me that cold weather. I'm not a big hot weather fanatic. I much prefer cold weather activities as well over hot weather activities. Like hiking's not really my thing. Swimming's, it's fine. You know, it's okay. Water parks, those are fun. Theme parks, eh. You know, like, I'd much rather go uh, skiing, camping, stuff like that that you can do in the colder weather. Number four, something that most people like, but I don't, parties. I don't like social gatherings. So the pandemic was, I was fine with that. That's great. You know, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work from home, 
not going to be invited to any parties. I'm not going to have to awkwardly decline or go and fake my enjoyment. Uh, in college, I went to, I think, two parties in total that were not at my house, and I did not have fun. I did not enjoy them. I'm not a very extroverted person. You guys probably know that about me at this point. I would much rather stay in, watch a movie, uh, and yeah, not be around a ton of people that either I know or I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. If I'm going to like a family gathering and I literally know everybody, that is also not super comfortable for me. I don't enjoy that. I love my family, but I will love them from a distance and be totally okay with that. Number five, something that most people like, but I don't, the Friends TV show. Just never could get into it. And I tried a couple of different times to get into it. And I think maybe if I would have tried earlier in life, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. But now I'm just kind of like a skeptic of it. And the fact that every other week or like throughout the life of the show, I just don't like that they tried to match up and pair up everybody in that show to have a relationship together just to kind of see how the characters would unfold and how the audiences would re react to that. And maybe I'm, I'm talking at, well, I am, I'm talking out my butt because I have not watched that show to completion by any means. I think I've seen the first seven or eight episodes of season one. And then, and I've done that two or three different times. And then I'm just like, it's the same thing over and over again. They're getting together about uh, talking about what, like whatever relationship drama they have. They're, they're drinking coffee in the coffee shop. Whereas Seinfeld, yeah, they're, they're, you know, visiting the coffee shop, but they're always talking about something different. They're always getting into something different. <laughs> I don't know. I've never liked Friends, and I guess I never will. I've tried to watch it many times periodically throughout my life, and it's just never stuck with me. So those are the five things that most people like, but I don't. Please chime in and tell me what five things you like or don't. What five things most people like, but you don't. Yeah, it's hard to get those straight. So love to read your comments as always. Stuff I watched this week. I've got two movies to talk about and one TV show. And I was reflecting <laughs> this past week about my segment on video games and TV shows. And I was thinking, I do a really poor job of providing commentary on the shows and the games that I'm playing. Thank God that I'm not working in an industry where I'm, I'm supposed to provide commentary on that and to provide actual pieces of information about a movie or a video game that are, are useful and interesting to listen to because my comments are usually, man, I really enjoyed that. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It's got zombies and that's, that's about it. So I was thinking maybe I need to think about offering a critique for each one of these things, especially whenever it's something that I don't really like all that much and to talk more in detail about it. I don't know. I'll, I've, I've got that thought and it still might not happen because I just maybe I don't possess that skill, which is kind of funny because my original uh, uh, major in college was going to be broadcast journalism. Uh, and I would have had to have been a little better at that than what I am. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. But the first movie that I watched this week was A Quiet Place Part 2. I give this movie a four, which is a great on the uh, Ronnie's scale of amazingness. So it goes uh, three is good, four is great, and five is amazing. Two is meh, and one is bad. I think that's the scale. So A Quiet Place 2 earned a four, so it's great in my book. I really enjoyed the atmosphere that they created once again in this movie. 
Um, if you don't know, kind of the premise is that these alien bug things have basically eradicated 99% of humanity, and if you make any noise at all, they're going to come along and murder you very violently, like throat punching you in the face. And it's going to hurt real bad, and you die. And that's basically what happens. In the first one, John Krasinski was a major character, and I don't really remember what happened to him. But, uh, yeah, he does not play a major role in the second movie. Maybe he died. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I do not remember the first movie. It's a spoiler alert uh, from five seconds ago when I spoiled A Quiet Place Part 1. But it's been out for a couple of years now. So if you haven't seen that yet, you're probably not going to. So maybe he died. I don't know. But he was, he was in A Quiet Place Part 2 for a little bit. And then he wasn't. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I liked in the beginning of A Quiet Place 2 how they kind of give you the before because in A Quiet Place Part four, part 1, they kind of just throw you in there, and it's like, well, this happened. You better be quiet, or these aliens are going to come and murder you, and it's going to be real bad. But in this one, they kind of started the movie off with the before, and you got to see the lead-up of uh, kind of, sort of, what happened before everything uh, hit the fan, so to speak. So I really enjoyed that part of it. And then the rest of the movie, um, the other big actor that they brought in for this one is Killian Murphy, who I always used to pronounce as Cillian, but then I learned that the uh, Irish or Scottish pronunciation is actually K Killian. So Killian Murphy, one of my absolute favorite actors. I think he's fantastic in everything that he does. Uh, loved him in Inception. Loved him in 28 Days Later. Was he in Inception? Yeah, he was in Inception. But that's not like one of the things that he's well known for, I guess. Um, Inception. All like he was a scarecrow in the Batman films. Batman Begins. So yeah, he's he's really good. I really, really enjoy him. Of course, he's on the, the Netflix show. <laughs> I do so bad of remembering what things are called. Whatever. He's he's on lots of things, and I love him in all of the things. And he was in this, and he was really good in this. He grew out a beard, so he looked very post-apocalyptic in it. And uh, yeah, the story was great. The atmosphere was awesome. It was terrifying. I really loved the way that they did sound in this one. I've got a big uh, Sonos home theater with the booming subwoofer, uh, the surround sound speakers, and then the big uh, Sonos Arc soundbar. I spent a lot of money on my surround sound system, so I love it whenever movies really take full advantage of the full sound spectrum. And this movie does a really, really good job of going from super quiet, whenever moments are super tense and they're building suspense, and then all of a sudden the alien comes in there and it's just like, boom, and my whole entire uh, house shakes because of the subwoofer. And, uh, of course, the surround sound with, like, the aliens running all over the place. Very cool. Very cool sound design. I love that about it. Uh, the story in this one I thought was was perfectly adequate for a follow-up. The uh, original idea that was the first one was, was awesome. And it's hard to follow that up with something in the second one. And I feel like they did a fine enough job with that. It was really, really good. So give that one a four. The second movie that I watched this week was Scream, the... The remake? Was it a remake? They called it something specific in the movie, like kind of poking fun at it. It was like a... a maybe they called it a requel, because it's like a remake of a sequel. But it wasn't. It was like a remake of the original, but I don't know. It's hard to, hard to explain. I give it a three. It was good. I think that I'm at this... I'm at the point in my life now... Like, I've never been a huge horror film fan. Um, the Ring... That movie, that scared the piss out of me back in the day. And ever since then, I've really not enjoyed horror flicks. 
Uh, stuff that deals with the paranormal, like paranormal activity, those freak me out real bad. Uh, the Blair Witch, that freaked me out real bad whenever like it's the end of the movie and the thing is just like standing there in the corner. Nope, don't like that. Get the chills even thinking about it. Uh, but Scream, you know, it's it's not like that. So I feel like I could watch it and I wouldn't be scared. The problem, I, I or not the problem, but like the thing that I didn't like about Scream is all of the stabbing. <laughs> the original Scream had like maybe one or two stabs and then the person was like dead. This movie, the first person that gets stabbed gets stabbed like 50 times and it's just like over and over and over and over and you hear the sound like the sound of the knife going in and out of them it's just like ooh, i don't like that that uh that was definitely a turnoff for me and that was not the only time that it it happened that way they brought some of the original characters back in this film and i thought that was that was fine it was cool um yeah it was good it was worth a watch um, if you're in the mood for a slasher film. Perfectly adequate slasher film. And I like I like that this movie didn't take itself too seriously. It poked fun at itself and poked fun at the franchise and talked about how, you know, basically Scream 4 was, was really bad um, and how they've just kind of overdone it to this point. Uh, but yeah, perfectly fine. If you've liked any of the Scream movies, then you'll probably enjoy this one. All right. The other thing that I watched this week is a TV show, and I'm really, really hyped about it. It's been really, really good so far. I've really, really enjoyed it. How many more times can I say really, really? <laughs> the, the show is 1883, and this is, I believe, a prequel to the show Yellowstone. And this is a Paramount Plus exclusive show, and I am two episodes into it. Fantastic show. Let's throw another really, really out there. Really, really fantastic show so far with two episodes in. I like Westerns. Um, Westworld wasn't really my thing because that really wasn't a Western because it was kind of like Western slash current day. Um, Hateful Eight, love that film. Takes place in the Western times, of course. Tombstone, that's a classic Western. Uh, yeah, I like, I, like, I like that time period. And I think the thing that I really like about 1883 more than anything is just the, uh, the authentic nature of it. And it doesn't sugarcoat your existence during that time period. And just to think that that was, you know, about 150 years ago and just how different life was and how far our civilization has come in 150 years is just like, mind-blowing whenever I sit there and think about it because the people and the premise of this show is that uh, there's a bunch of German immigrants and they're really wanting to uh, migrate to the west and they have hired uh, Tim McGraw is one of the characters and Sam like the guy with the mustache the big mustache and he's got a real deep voice and a real slow draw I love him. He's he's so good in everything, and he's really good in this. He was made for this. Uh, but they're kind of tasked with uh, uh, getting these immigrants to the West. They, they're paying them to do that. And they encounter all of the things that you tend to encounter. I mean, people that are trying to defile women, people that are trying to rob you, um, Native Americans, just all kinds of uh, bad, like... Just trying to find food, you know, like we don't, we don't, we don't deal with those things. And this is like one of the first times in our human history where we have not 
generally struggled to survive. Like I think most of the world generally doesn't struggle to uh, get food, right? Like I know that there are, are definitely countries and places out there where food is an issue or, or clean water is an issue. But we don't have people actively trying to kill us, you know, in, in the United States. We can go to the grocery store and we can buy basically any food that we would want. During this time period, that is not the case. People want to kill you. People want what you have. Uh, there are diseases that that murder you all over the place. Smallpox is uh, a thing that encounters many of the characters in the show already. Cholera is a thing that encounters the, the characters. There's all of these different ways that you can die. Horrible, horrible deaths. And it's just interesting to think about. And I think that they're doing a very accurate retelling of that time period. And I appreciate it for that. So if you have access to Paramount+, Plus, uh, even if you just get access to binge that show, I think it's a 10-episode long show, and you can get Paramount+, Plus for like 5 bucks a month. Totally, totally worth it. I am digging that show, and I can't wait to watch more of it. I'd say the only downside to it, although it's not really a downside because I don't think that they're going to do another season, is that each episode so far has been an hour. So I've only watched two episodes, but I feel like I've watched so much TV. Like I've watched a full movie and then some at this point. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened. There's been basically no filler to this point. It's all been really engaging and really, really solid. So I am very much looking forward to watching more of 1883. This is going to feel like Groundhog Day for the games that I played this week because they're the exact same that I've been playing the last several weeks. I played more of Pokemon Arceus. I'm now 15 hours into that game, and I still love it. I love it. So much so that I'm just thinking about, well, which what, which Pokemon game am I going to get next? Am I going to go back? Am I going to get Sword and Shield? Am I going to get X and Y? Am I going to get Diamond and Pearl? There are so many freaking Pokemon games for the Switch already. Literally, I went to Walmart, and there's an entire row. I might have even mentioned this on last week's show. There's an entire row of Switch games that are all Pokemon. It's crazy, but I love it. There's lots of stuff out there to play, and I'm interested in playing all of it. Um, I haven't captured any Pokemon to this point that are Shinies. Um, I've evolved my starting Pokemon, I think, twice, and I've got a pretty good roster of uh, six. You can have six Pokemon uh, that you do battles with, and uh, I'm generally kicking butt. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm generally kicking butt in Pokemon and really loving every bit of it. Uh, my criticism for that game is that uh, there's pop-in. So every now and then you'll be walking around, and it's really important that you sneak up on the Pokemon. You, you, you kneel down, and you go nice and slow, and then you get up close to them, and then you can kind of see what their weaknesses are and whether or not you're going to have a good likelihood of capturing the Pokemon if you throw a Pokeball at them. But every now and then I'll be crouching and crawling, and then all of a sudden this wild Pokemon will just pop in out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, okay, well, they've now alerted all of the Pokemon in the area that I'm here, so I can't sneak up on any of them anymore. So I've got to do battle with them, or I've got to run away and come back another time. So that's a, a very light criticism. Overall, I really, really enjoy the game, and I'm having a ton of fun with doing it. I play it, like I said earlier, about a half an hour every night before I go to sleep. And, oh no, is my yeah, my eyeball's doing the weird thing again. I thought I fixed that. I did like two or three different tests to try and fix the whole eyeball green screen thing. We can't have nice things. I think part of the problem is probably my glasses, but I need those to see. It's very important that I see. 
the other game that I've been playing this week as I have been, Dying Light 2. I didn't get to play as much of it this week because I had a couple of uh, work trips. Another overnight work trip. Uh, I don't know how long I am into that one. Um, a side quest that I've played recently that was really good. So there was this guy, and I got definite Walter White vibes from him. He explained that before everything went down and all of the zombies took over the world, that he was a chemistry teacher. And he had a son, and in order to get provisions for his son, he was uh, basically creating drugs and selling them to this group of people. Well, the father finds your character, and he says, this group of, of thugs have taken my son hostage, and uh, would you be able to go and get him back for me and basically kill all of the thugs? So I'm like, yeah, sure, Walter White, I'll go get your boy for you. You don't need to be making crystal meth forever. So I saunter over to this uh, property, uh, murder all of the bad guys, find the son, and uh, find out that the son is a junkie. And the son is living with these people uh, under his own power. And it was his idea to exploit his father to continue making drugs so that he could continue to use them. Wow. So we wound up uh, reuniting the son and the father. The son swears that he's going to get off the drugs. The father thanks you, and that's the end of that side quest. Once again, it's another nothing 15-minute side quest that really didn't have to exist in the game, but the devs of the game have done such a good job of building uh, an amazing world that uh, that kind of thing exists, that kind of storytelling exists, and, and I just appreciate the heck out of that. So yeah, Dying Light 2. Super fun. Love it. Fortnite. Fortnite. Um, I'm at the point in the season now where I just don't really want to play Fortnite. And uh, that time that I would normally dedicate to Fortnite, that 8.30 to 10 o'clock range or so, I've been playing either Dying Light 2 or I've been watching movies and TV shows. Also, I'm trying to avoid my video game buddy group because uh, I think that they have seen the Batman and they are really bad at spoiling things. So... I'm not going to <laughs> I'm not going to play Fortnite with them honestly until I see that movie. I've even got my uh, my group chat muted on Facebook Messenger cuz I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. Uh but yeah, shout out to Lockdoor. I got to play a couple of rounds with him and his buddy and Lockdoor is good at Fortnite. So yeah, shout out to you. We got a couple of wins doing squads and that was fun. I think that was maybe like even more than a week ago, but shout out to him and his uh gaming prowess. Our final segment, as always, is other stuff and things. First off, I want to talk about reselling, and I just want to talk about the concept of reselling full-time. I did another week, or excuse me, another month in review of my finances on my Ronnie Resells channel where I looked at uh, how many orders I got on BrickLink and eBay, all the fees that I paid in, all of the money that I had as a part of uh, like my costs for doing business. And I, that was a really good video, not only because uh, it revealed to me that uh, I am still making money even though I'm spending a ton of money, <laughs> but I think that it's really uh, building me up and encouraging me that if I really needed to, I could do the reselling thing full time. 
which is just really exciting because it's nice to have options in life for revenue streams. And right now, I don't have to do it full-time. I'm doing it because I really enjoy it, um, like all aspects of it. I even enjoy the customer service aspects of it. For example, I uh, shipped a pair of Crocs to a lady. She messaged me yesterday and said, hey, uh, I think that you looked at the size wrong because you listed these as size six, but they're actually size nine. Uh, what can we do about this? I messaged her back and said, hey, I'm going to give you a full refund. Go ahead and donate those Crocs to somebody else or, or send them to Goodwill or something like that. That just seemed like the right thing to do. That's what I would want to happen if I were a buyer in that position. She messaged me back and said she really, really appreciated that. Today, she messaged me and said that she gave them away to somebody at church and that they really appreciated them. And so that kind of stuff, like it's that butterfly effect that you put good out into the world, and I think that you're going to get good back. And that feels really good. I love the customer service aspect of reselling. And I think that that's not only important for my own karma, but also um, for just like that's that's how you should be as as a reseller. So I love that aspect of it. I love sourcing. Oh my gosh, I love sourcing. Um, I had a work trip in Manhattan this past week. Uh, so an overnighter on Thursday and Friday. I went to three different stores um, on Thursday after presenting and attending a conference. And I didn't get to my hotel room until 9 p.m. And I left my house that day at 7.30. So I should have been exhausted, but I just, I just had a ball. I just love going into stores and looking at all of these discarded things and trying to figure out if I can buy them and make money on them. It's it's fun. I really enjoy the the improvement aspect, like constantly getting better at reselling. Uh, like this week, I bought uh, another shelving unit. I moved a shelving unit around so that um, it wasn't crowding my workflow as much where I'm taking pictures. I bought some floor tiles uh, to serve as my photo area instead of uh, using poster board because my poster board was getting kind of dirty and it was getting all chipped up. So I laid down some uh, like peel and stick vinyl, vinyl, I think it is vinyl tiles and it looks really good. It looks really good. I'm really happy with the way the pictures came out. So just doing little things to constantly get better. Um, it's just, it's just very enjoyable. And the fact that I'm able to, to make good money doing it, you know, if I, if I was to do it full time right now, I have no doubt in my mind that I would be able to pay my bills. Now, I am in a job that I absolutely love, and so I, I have no interest in doing the reselling thing full-time, but it's nice to know that I could if push came to shove. You know, if uh, my company collapsed in on itself, if I would have to make the decision to go back to work as a teacher or as a school administrator or to just get out of education entirely and do the reselling thing, that's very empowering to have have a, a revenue stream that you could fall back upon and do full time, and um, you know, still still make ends meet. Feels really good, and especially uh, you know, a couple years after I get my house paid off, it's just going to be that much easier uh, to to go full time with it if I so chose to do so. But like I said, I have no interest in doing that for the time being. Um, that kind of goes right into the second thing I wanted to talk about in other stuff and things, which is my, my work gaffe that I had this week. <laughs> so my job is to uh, support teachers with technology integration. So in a day-to-day -day basis, that looks like me answering questions about, hey, 
I teach math. Is there a technology app that would lend itself really well to, to teaching fractions? Something like that. Or it's creating videos that people could watch on demand. Those, those are on YouTube. They're on my, uh, my EdTech Academy website. I do that as well. But also, I get asked to present in person sometimes. Sometimes it's uh, in a school district uh, where I will present to sometimes the whole staff, sometimes a smaller portion of the staff. But in this case, this week, I got to attend a conference, the MACE conference, which stands for Mid-America Computers in Education. I believe I got that acronym correct. But it's the big organization that kind of handles technology in our state. And several months ago, I submitted a couple of proposals to present at this conference, and they accepted both of them. And I was really excited about that. One of them that I presented on was about Google extensions for teachers, and that went great. I got to present in the Kansas State Alumni Center boardroom, which was super fancy. Oh my gosh. Um, there was a window overlooking a turf athletic field. There were 40 leather high back chairs. There was, there was like dark wood everywhere, like dark wood tables. So it was like really fancy, like a boardroom you would think, think of. Very like the fanciest room I've ever presented in. Had dual 75 inch TVs on both sides of the room. Very fancy. That one, that presentation went really well. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. This isn't the gaff, but it was funny. I started off the presentation, and I usually get really excited, which means that sometimes I talk a little bit too fast. And I only had 45 minutes to present. Um, so about five minutes into my presentation, I was showing people how to pin tabs in Google Chrome. And this lady raises her hand and she's like, um, I'm going to need you to slow down by about half. <laughs> and I was like, so what you're saying is that I'm about at a 190 right now. And she's like, yeah, about a 190. And I was like, so, so maybe 80 would be good. She's like, yeah, 80. So I did this whole thing where I like reached behind my back and I found a switch and I, I took it down to 80. <laughs> she thought that was funny. They thought that was funny. And uh, yeah, I, I kept referencing back to it during the presentation. I was like, am I still going 80? Am I still going 80? Looking at her and she's like, yeah. And then the next day, she came to my presentation again. And so I, I made that joke again. But also the gaffe. This, this was crazy. I can't believe this happened. But it did. But it did. This presentation was about iPad apps for teachers. And I was doing a little segment on a, an application called Skitch. Skitchnote or Skitchit, something like that. It's a, an application where you can take a picture of anything and then you can annotate on top of it. It's really cool. So I took a picture of something and then I put a text box on the image and then I was gonna use voice to text in order to translate my voice into text on the image. And I cannot remember what exactly I said, but I did not say what it annotated because it annotated the word fudge, only not the word fudge. And so on this huge overhead projector screen was the word fudge. <laughs> and everybody, everybody saw it. Everybody was laughing. Um, usually when something like that happens, I would turn like the deepest shade of red, but I just didn't for some reason. I don't know if that's like an evolution of me getting more comfortable public speaking or what it is, but I was just like, all right, I can roll with this. Like that happened. What can you do? So I made the joke, you know, my company's a little bit conservative, so don't tell my bosses and 
like whenever I text the word fudge, it always corrects it to duck. And I can't believe that now that I'm in front of an audience, I didn't mention this, this room was packed. There was not an empty seat in there anywhere. Uh, so there was like probably 70 people, 50 to 70 people in this room. And they all saw it. And uh, yeah, that happened. But I rolled with it and I got to reference back to it many times throughout the presentation. Uh, got lots of laughs. And I really like that. Um, I don't know if I if I would ever be able to do stand-up comedy, but I love uh, making people laugh and interspersing little comments in my presentation to make people grin or laugh or, or whatever. It feels, it feels authentic to myself. And also I think that it, it lends itself to being really engaging when you're covering something that maybe isn't super um, fascinating and interesting and engaging, which would be like technology and education. You really got to kind of spice it up a little bit. Because I saw some presentations at that conference and they did not spice it up and it was not the most fun ever. So that happened. It was really fun. There was a, a person that came up to me after the session and just said that I did such a good job. She even said that I was so engaging and she just loved it. Um, and that, that made my day. And there were lots of people that uh, did the same. So hopefully they'll ask me to come back even though uh, I let, let fly a, a big F word uh, in the middle of a presentation for everyone to see. It was uh, pretty pretty wild, yeah. So that was my work gaff. It went, it went really well though, it was fun. And then the last thing, my, my favorite final topic, the thing that I always end the show on, Mr. Beckett James Williams, my son, five and a half years old, realized today that next year that boy is gonna be in kindergarten, all day school, and uh, yeah, I'm not gonna have my Fridays with him anymore, dang it. That stinks, but I'm excited for, for him and, and how much he's growing, and there are a couple of observations that I had this week that I wanted to share. The first one was not very much fun. Um, that day that I needed to leave early and go to that conference, Thursday morning, uh, I woke him up at 7.15 to find that he had thrown up all over himself in the nighttime. And I just felt terrible. I felt so bad. I felt like such a deadbeat that I had let him sleep in his own puke. I, like, I don't know how long he, I don't know if he woke up throughout the night because I, I obviously didn't wake up throughout the whole night, but he just never gets up. When he is in his bed, he will not get out of bed until somebody comes and gets him. And I felt so bad. And so I, you know, I, I was just real sweet with him. I told him, oh, buddy, I'm sorry you threw up because I think he was afraid that I was going to get mad or angry or something. And I was just like, oh, let's get you cleaned up. So, you know, we got his clothes off of him. I put the laundry in the washer. I didn't wash it because I had to leave for that conference. I uh, got a warm wash rag and, and wiped him down and combed his hair and sent him off to daycare. He, he said that he felt good, um, no fever or anything like that. But, yeah, that made me feel really bad. <sighs> Because I wanted to, I wanted nothing more than to just stay home with him and make sure that he was feeling okay. And of course, feeling bad that he threw up on himself and slept in it all night. But obviously, he didn't care because he didn't throw up again, and you know, felt generally okay for the most part. Uh, but the other observation on Saturday, I had him uh, all day, and I told him, you know, we can do whatever you want. What if if you could do anything today? What is it you would want to go and do? He said, Dad, we want to we want to go to the Blue Park. We want to go to the Blue Park in Chinook. We haven't been to the Blue Park in a while. 
So let's go to the Blue Park in Chanute and go to the Blue Park in Chanute we did. This is a fairly recently built park, I would say maybe in the last three or four years. So it's got a nice little rubber uh, like bottom. It's wheelchair accessible, so kids of all ages and sizes can come and play on this playground. And there were more kids on this playground than I'd ever seen in my life. It was crazy. And it was awesome too, because a lot of times he gets stuck just hanging out with me, playing with me because he's an only child. But uh, this was his time to shine because he had so many kids of all different sizes and ages to play with. There were two little boys that were like pretty much the same age as him, but they were pretty much just playing with each other. And Beckett seemed like he didn't really have any interest in playing with them. Then there was this older kid that was like 10 years old, and that kid really wanted to play with Beckett. So Beckett was playing with him uh, for a while, and then uh, Beckett got his feelings hurt because there were two girls that said no boys allowed in this particular part of the playground. And so then he, he went over to a part of the playground, crossed his arms, had his head down, and you could tell. <laughs> I've seen that look many times. So I went over to him and was just talking about him, what happened. He said, those two girls said no boys allowed. And he was kind of kind of tearing up, kind of choking up a little bit. And of course, the, the dad heartstrings are just pulling. And I'm like, well, what am I going to say to this kid? And I said, buddy, I will play with you. You want to play with me or you want to see if any of the other kids want to play with you? He's kind of sulking around. And, and eventually I got him to come around and uh, we played around on the equipment a little bit more. And he wound up uh, playing playing with some other kids that were running around and he went down the slide, you know, 50 different times. We were there for an hour and a half, and uh, we just had an awesome time. But I think my my ultimate reflection on on Beckett and our time at the park is that I just, I love the personality that he has. I love how he's just such a gentle and caring soul. I love that he will play with anyone at any time, boy, girl. Um, of course, he prefers playing Mario games. he I, I kept hearing him say, hey, you want to play a Mario game? I'll be Bowser. <laughs> I'm going to be Bowser. You'll play a Mario game? And he kept he kept saying that. I thought that was really funny and cute. But he'll play with anybody, with anything, uh, anytime, anywhere. And I just, I love that about him. I think that as as we grow up, we, we lose that about ourselves. You know, we lose our ability to um, interact with different people without feeling weird or, um, I don't know, feeling like maybe somebody's not going to be into the things that we're into instead of just like approaching somebody and saying, hey, let's play with Mario toys and I'll be Godzilla. And just owning that to, eh, they probably won't like that. So I'm not going to even bother reaching out to that person. And that was the sentiment that, uh, that happened on our question of the week that a lot of you shared that, uh, we regret those those risks that we didn't take. And it's a shame that we kind of grow out of that throughout time, because I think that that's, that's a very beautiful thing about being a child and, and being innocent and not having any prejudices at all. You know, whoever you are, wherever you are, I want to play with you and I'm going to be Bowser. <laughs> so with that, I think that that's a perfect place to stop episode 18. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to comment on the question of the week, five things most people like but that you don't. And until next time, I hope everybody has a fantastic week and I'll see you in the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye. Older Buds YouTube. Now you're the sun.